Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is Sunday. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the line Mr. Chris Sheridan. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great today. It's a Sunday, and it's a sunny day. So it is a sunny day. A sunny and Sunday. it may actually be one of the longest sunny days of the year. I think we are at the summer solstice. That is true. Actually, was solstice yesterday or today? Is it today? Well, it depends on where you are. Where you Google, I guess. Yeah, but it's it, we're in this, you know, in the vicinity. This weekend. That's right. That's right. We're in the vicinity. So happy solstice to everyone out there. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you showing up to the Cosmic Eye Show each uh, each Sunday, and also for our Friday shows, our Emmett Fox Friday shows. Uh, today we are going to be talking about how to be a spiritual warrior in interesting times. Interesting times. So we, there was an old Chinese saying that had something to do with interesting times, and it's both a curse and a blessing to live in interesting times. So we are, I think, in one of those periods of interesting times where there's multiple things going on, and we need to keep our heads, and we need to get in touch with some of this spiritual warrior energy that we're talking about, and we'll be talking more about what that is in contrast to maybe some of the older ideas of what warrior energy is, some of the more uh, destructive aspects of it that maybe people are familiar with. We're talking about the positive side of it today. So that's what we're going to be looking at and how you can apply that in your own life to, um, to really making changes, real positive transformations within and without, you know, without, out in the world. Um, so if you've got a cause or something you're trying to accomplish, you know, one of the energies that you'll need to accomplish that, uh, that goal is this spiritual warrior energy. So again, we'll be talking more about that again. Thank you for, uh, I want to thank all of our, our listeners who are supporting us. We really appreciate you guys. We're at um, anchor.fm slash cosmic eye if you would like to support the show. And we would greatly appreciate, uh, we want to put this out there to everyone. We've said this before, but really right now it would help us immensely if you guys could could help get the show out there and share it on social media with your friends, wherever you are on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're using. I don't know what the, you know, the, the thing is everybody's using today. Uh, I know a lot of people are on Instagram, but wherever you are on social media, if you would share us, we would be greatly appreciative. And, you know, we're hoping that, you know, since you're tuning in each week, uh, that you're getting something out of the show. So we believe that if, you know, you're getting something out of the show, it's worth sharing. It's worth sharing. So maybe, maybe other share people- what you want out of the show. There you go. Uh, you want us to move a topic or a theme in a certain direction or address a certain issue? Uh, that's what we're here for. Absolutely, good point. And you can uh, you can email us at uh, info at cosmiceye.org uh, if you wanna if you wanna see us uh, speak about a, a different topic, uh, something you're interested in, or on Anchor FM if you have the app. There's actually a place where you can uh, you can sort of call in and leave a message. So that's kind of a neat feature. I think you might be able to do that through the website as well at anchor, uh, anchor.fm. So check that out. Uh, but, but the email's uh, easy as well. So info at cosmiceye.org. Thank you again for joining us. So let's get into this. Let's right. get into this spiritual warrior. Let's get some spiritual warrior energy going. Let's pray that the, uh, the spiritual warrior is with us as we uh, share this information today, because I think this is an important topic and one that's uh, important for both men and women. I mean, I think sometimes we think about the spiritual warrior and we kind of think about the, the masculine aspect of it, but there's a, you know, a spiritual warrior within every woman as well. 
So that's uh, that's something to remember. Um, so let us let us jump in. Where shall we start? We're keeping this pretty free form today. We wanted to kind of just see where where the spiritual warrior wants to lead us. Uh, so why don't I just hand it to you, and uh, you can you can share your thoughts, and then we'll get into a dialogue and head to where we need to go. All right. Well, you know these are interesting times. And we don't have to go into all the specifics because it's it's changing week by week. It is indeed. Uh, but we can always, you know, easily say that 2020 has been, um, you know, one of the more interesting, very intense uh, times in so many areas. Uh, we're facing new things. We're also questioning old paradigms. And um, well, one term that gets used a lot now is social justice uh, a warrior, okay, a, a social justice warrior. That is a type of warrior out there, you know, with protesting and sending tweets and campaigns and raising funds and doing what you can uh, to help achieve social justice, that is to right some injustices in our society, uh, which, is, which is going on, and that's, uh, that's great if that's what you're, um, you know, all about. Um, but what we're talking, I want to differentiate uh, how being a spiritual warrior um, is a bit different than that. Um, a spiritual person or spiritual warrior is going to look at the world uh, kind of outside of the current chaos. You have to have uh, an elevated view. That's why a lot of gurus live on the mountaintop so they can see further and see beyond. And I know we've talked about that. And to take a look at what needs to be done with a new way of doing things. You know, if there's anger and there's violence, well, then you don't want a violent protest against it. If you are, you know, fighting against a war, you know, you're, you're kind of adding conflict to conflict. A spiritual warrior uh, wants to do all those things and more. Uh, and I think you would, uh, we talked about this earlier in the show that, uh, or you know, before the show that, you know, with Luke Skywalker in the force, you know, he had a spiritual force behind. He still had to go off and be a warrior and do what's right for his people. Uh, but with it is, is some other sense, a higher purpose uh, and a higher power that a spiritual warrior has, not just the tools of the foot soldiers, but you have a, a you're on a mission from God, as they said, <laughs> the Blues Brothers. Great point. That, yeah. That's in a nutshell, you know, I think what I think of when I think of a spiritual warrior. It's a different quality, a different type. I think you're absolutely right. And, and it has to be connected to that, to that higher purpose or that higher cause, or it can quickly turn into a very polarized and very sort of angry and violent uh, endeavor if it, if it doesn't. And, and, you know, again, we're not talking about righteous anger righteous violence and self-defense and things like that. We're talking about, you know, the acting out kind of destructive behavior that um, comes when a warrior is undisciplined, you know, and this is a lot of the, the stuff that people are trying to fight against right now. A lot of this sort of poisoned warrior energy that we see, uh, which people are kind of pinning on the, the patriarchy or these different sort of racist regimes and so on. And, and you know these different ideas, and and that you know there is there is a lot of that in those things, and we can you know righteously rise up and fight against things, but the we have to also be careful with throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know if that's an old timey saying. A lot of people may not know today, but it really means throwing out the the good thing along with the the dirty or bad thing. 
Um, so essentially, you know, this warrior energy is something that we need desperately right now, but we need it in its spiritualized form. We need it in its elevated form. And that's really what you're talking about. When it's connected to a higher source, to a real ideal, then it's connected to a righteous cause. Um, you know, but also, like you said, it has to be able to see, the warrior has to be able to see from a higher plateau, from a sort of mountain point, a mountain, uh, mountain view, I guess you'd want to call it. So, you know, you've kind of got to get up above that polarized thinking, you know, that us against them or, you know, this is right and this is wrong. And, you know, you may find yourself in a situation that you are confronting something that's wrong or something that's evil, but you've also got to get above it to be able to see, you know, your place in it and see how you can correct it, you know, correctly modify that situation, you know, with compassion so that even if you do have to resist or, you know, defend yourself, that you do so with uh, a righteous heart, you know, by righteous, we mean acting in, in, in right accord with the universe and balance and compassion, you know, the uh, Buddhist ideals of compassion, um, you know, and uh, justice and loving kindness, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, these ideas, you know, they're important ideas and they're, they need to be infused into that sort of spiritual warrior's mindset uh, so that you don't find yourself in the same in the same mindset and the same sort of way of doing things that the quote unquote enemy is doing. That's the greatest danger of all, you know, so, so many of, of the, the revolutions of the past have turned into just these horrific situations. I mean, you can look at what happened in Vietnam and Cambodia in the Soviet Union, um, you know, with ideals that were for the people, for the workers, for justice and so on. And then it ends up, you know, gulags and, death camps and death squads in the end of it. And it's, you know, this is where we have to be very careful. We have to be very, very careful, um, you know, when we're, when we're approaching things with, with violence or with, you know, revolutionary zeal or with anger or frustration and so on, that we have to be very careful that we're gonna put something in place that's better than the thing we're getting rid of, right? Right, well, we end up, you know, what happens so many times, and this is a great tragedy, of, of idealistic revolutions and revolutionaries and very, you know, thinking at the beginning and feeling that this is the right thing uh, to go against this power of oppression um, or discrimination. Uh, often, so many times it winds up that they become the enemy themselves uh, because yeah. you're fighting on that level as your enemy, so to speak, even if your cause is righteous, even if, well, this way, this new way, the people's way is better than the corporate fascist way or however you want to describe the, the separation. Mm -hmm. But then you really become that. Uh, it, it happens even in neighborhoods, in cities. There will be, um, you know, populated by one, you know, ethnic group and they get upscale and you kind of move up the ladder and then, you know, a, a, a lower one or one that's, you know, still developing economically, you know, takes over. And, um, and then they kick the person below them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, you know, it just yeah. kind of passes, passes it down every time yeah. one group, you know, gets out of oppression and then they become 
in, in whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be ethnic, but it, you can see it in neighborhoods, then they right, kind of right. end up discriminating the ones that are, you know, where they were on the ladder sure. not long ago. So sure, that sure. Is real danger yeah. to become the enemy that we so are against. Exactly. And you're right. I mean, that can happen in, you know, in different types of social groups, different cultural groups, different religious groups, ethnic groups, you know, gender groups, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, um, you know, you really do need to be on your guard against not, not, you know, not kind of perpetrating the same mistakes that the group before was, you know, that you're fighting against was, was perpetrating. So, you know, that's part of being a spiritual warrior. And that's what we're talking about today. So how do you do this? So this is, this is one of the questions. So it's like, you know, we, we, we know we're called to, to, to do something, let's say we've got this um, righteous anger or frustration and we see, a, you know, a different problem we want to get involved with. I think the first thing you want to kind of look at is, you know, your own sort of relationship to the situation, your own kind of inner issues. And, and, and let's, let's call that, you know, your shadow work. You want to look at your own relationship to the, to the problem or issue or, or thing that you're trying to solve and make sure that you're looking at it clearly um, and you're not lashing out against something that's inside yourself that you're accusing someone of doing that you are also doing. I think that's a, that's a big one. So owning your own shadow really is what we're talking about. And we've done uh, a couple of different shows on that, but the, uh, the owning your own shadow one that we did on Robert Johnson's book is a great place to start if you want to look at that. Uh, but that's a really important place to start is from within your own self. And then, of course, that doesn't mean that, again, that, that the, the system doesn't have problems, the system doesn't have violence in it, it doesn't mean the system doesn't have, you know, racist elements to it and all this stuff. We're not, you're not saying that those things are, you know, they're not, they're all just, you know, in you and, you know, they're not out there, let's say. But we have to look at our participation in the, the system itself and how we might be doing some of those same things and just make sure that, you know, that our motivations are as pure as they possibly can be when we go out there to, to fight against those things that we, we see as, as being unjust. So you well, do want to, okay, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. One example of that is, or a, you know, an illustration is uh, that if you're doing something out of retribution or revenge or retaliation, uh, even if you want to retaliate with something good or something better, if you're approaching with that energy um, to retaliate, um, instead of maybe to liberate the people you're trying to help. Yeah. Uh, that would be an example of, well, geez, now I, I really have to look at myself. I still want to get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> if I approach it from, you know, a, a conflicting, retaliatory, revengeful um, attitude, it's probably not going to serve my ends as well as it would if I took a more compassionate, more still very strong and you still yeah, have to do exactly. a very difficult, maybe even violent thing, but you're doing it from a different place. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm reminded of, I think I probably mentioned this story at least two or three times in other episodes, but it's one of my favorites. And it's the story of the samurai whose Lord is killed. And, you know, he's, he was a good, a good, uh, leader to this samurai and to that particular samurai clan and um, a righteous a righteous guy and you know an honest man and so on and he was killed by uh by an enemy who was was an evildoer and uh 
so this samurai went out and he he hunted down this evil evil doer that was the assassin and spent several several months if not years you know harsh winters and terrible conditions and finally found this this particular guy and confronted him and found him in in some sort of a barn or something he was hiding in and had him pinned in the corner he drew his sword and this and this assassin then spit in the samurai's face and the samurai immediately put his sword away and walked away and he'd been searching for this guy forever and so the question is why did he do that well he did that because he became angry and then he was he was going to fight and kill this guy and it would have been out of and it would have been out of anger and revenge and not out of you know a righteous justice that he was seeking uh, to to right a wrong you know that had been done to his lord so it's a really apt way of a really visceral way of looking at like you know if we're upset at something if someone spit in our eye and got us frustrated and and angry and and all and and so on and then we're sort of reacting most of the time we're going to react back in a way that doesn't serve our best interests you know and that's where a spiritual warrior has to sort of rise above those situations and be able to see clearly there's a sort of zen quality to that you know to be able to get past one's emotions and you know fears and angers and frustrations to the to the greater good cause and cling to that and see clearly through some of the stuff that would have us oftentimes divided or fighting each other instead of going after the actual you know source of the problems and making the real changes that need to be made you know we'll we'll start fighting each other or fighting within ourselves or or we'll act out in ways that are destructive that don't really solve the problem and so on and that's when you know that's that idea of you know that assassin spitting in the samurai's face so he couldn't you know he couldn't act out because he had that spiritual warrior's code and if he would have killed that man he wouldn't have been doing the righteous thing because he was angered and it's it's not that anger doesn't have its place you know well, it's a but, great motivator yeah but sometimes you should be angry some some things maybe we're not angry enough <laughs> yeah um, i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take it anymore uh you know, but that anger has to be very well directed. It has to be directed. And, and should not lead towards hatred and vengeance. Exactly. And, and you know, the, it has a, yeah. you know, and then one's actions can have a certain amount of compassion um, if, if you don't carry that, that anger around and that desire for revenge. And then you're, you know, and then you're acting in a way that's going to actually create you know create new positive ways of, of doing things you know we're speaking metaphorically here obviously you know so you know we're not talking about going out and, and killing people and we're not talking about necessarily some sort of armed conflict you know we're talking about how we react in our daily lives to things and you know sometimes we do have to defend ourselves and things like that but most of the time most problems can be solved you know in a way that doesn't require that. And, you know, we've seen people that have been, even if look at Gandhi was able to, you know, overthrow the might of the British empire with, you know, with a bunch of, you know, poor um, and working class Indians um, through nonviolent means for the most part. You know what I mean? And there was a tremendous amount of strength in that. And he was a spiritual warrior. 
Oh, he was one of the greatest and he uh, also a great leader. And, but he didn't lead with anger and vengeance. And they weren't just with pitchforks and torches saying, kill the monster, kill the monster. Yeah. They killed the monster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the British Empire left. Um, and they got their independence, um, you know, metaphorically, but it wasn't through, you know, the traditional or, you know, a vengeful kind of way, did it economically and did it with personal power. He empowered the people to actually do something, not destroy something, not fight and kill and die for your country, but to do something on their own, something that they could do. And one of the great means of oppression and power um, was through the textile industries in, in uh, India at the time. And by using the power of the loom, that families had their own loom and he had millions of people spitting out, you know, carpets and blankets and, and things in their house uh, without some big centralized, you know, army force uh, that they were able to kind of produce themselves out of, I know it's a kind of an oversimplified way, but that was certainly one tactic. No, that's a, it's a powerful idea though. And, you know, they ended up adopting that spinning wheel as a, uh, as 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 the symbol on their flag later, and um, you know, yeah, so yeah, no, that's their independence. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a powerful it's a powerful metaphor, and you know, and I think it's one, in some ways, that applies to some of the things that we're talking about now. I mean, one of the ways that obviously, sort of tyrannical structures maintain their power is that we you know, we need those tyrannical structures to support our lives, you know, so the more that we're independent of the system, as you want to call it, or, you know, the corporate structure or this political, you know, system or what have you, uh, the more sort of independent you are of that in a lot of ways, you know, the more personal power and spiritual power you have, the more that you're a spiritual warrior. And I, I'm thinking about this, this you know, that spinning and creating stuff, you know, in, in a lot of ways, you know, we're so locked into the, the overall structure of the system and it kind of keeps us fighting each other. It keeps us, you know, fighting in our own families and all these different things and, un, you know, unwell and in this sort of discombobulated state all the time through all these different propaganda in the media and so on. I mean, so if you start thinking about like one of the ways to sort of fight back as it were and to gain independence and strength and to be able to you know foster this warrior spirit the spiritual warrior spirit is to be more independent of the system and how do you do that well you make more things you you know you reuse things um you you buy things that are used you don't get yourself into heavy debt um, you know, you're more self-sufficient and independent. Perhaps you start your own business and maybe you set it up as a co-op and, you know, everyone owns it together. And then it's a true sort of, you know, working together type situation. And then you don't have as much of this sort of uh, tyrannical hierarchy with, you know, people not paying living wages to people and so on. You know, you know, perhaps you, you set up a new way of doing things. It's more, like I said, more co-op cooperative. You know, in the 60s and 70s, there were so many interesting things going on. These food co-ops and uh, different types of communal living and, and different types of, of, of intentional communities that were started, some which are still around. A good example of one that's still around, that's still doing really well, is the Ananda community. 
that's out near Grass Valley, Nevada City in California. That's a fantastic community. It's been there since the 60s. They're thriving, very holistic, very, uh, very interesting. There's, there's, there's a bunches of them. Though. If you look up uh, intentional community online, you can see uh, tons of these. Even Los, Los Angeles has the, uh, uh, has the Los Angeles, um, suddenly forgetting the name of it. What is it called? The, uh, you know, the community over there that's, uh, that's by the Los Angeles City College. It's, um, oh, uh, yeah, I can't think of the name, but I, I know that there was a reference. Uh, and in, in look up intentional community Los Angeles, Google it. I'm sorry. It's, it's kind of intentional people. household. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You can do this in your daily, even if you live alone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can incorporate some of these things, be more independent. And I like that being independent of the system. I think that's, um, well, there's a certain amount we're always going to have to be. If you want to drive on yes, the road, well, then you got to pay taxes. That's and, society. And, um, well, I guess you could even say Jesus was perhaps a uh, spiritual warrior in his own right, um, you know, angry about this. and But he fought in the hearts and minds. And, uh, and they really asked him, said, but how can we do this? It's so idealized. Uh, he said, well, then render unto Caesar what is Caesar, because they were under Roman occupation uh, in Jerusalem and, <clears throat> excuse me, in those areas. Um, and then render unto God what is God. So if you could say, well, this system, we're in the matrix, or it's, uh, you know, we're oppressed, it's the multinationals, it's the government, it's the corporation, it's all this. Um, well, you still kind of have to live in this world, so, but only give what is necessary. <laughs> to the system or be beholden or dependent. Uh, everything else really try to do on yourself. It's the healthcare system that's expensive and the pharmaceutical companies are poisoning you and you know all these things are going on or not going on the way they should and it's causing bankruptcies because somebody has a medical emergency. It's you know it's think of healthcare, think of self-care, uh, get better sleep, try to reduce stress, meditate. Um, eat a little better, exercise a little more. Uh, and then you, the natural remedies like herbs and so on. Yeah. 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 And grow those. There you go. There's some sustainability. Grow some of the vegetables maybe that, that you need to be eating instead of always hitting the drive-through. For sure. Uh, and little bits. You know, it almost doesn't matter how big. Again, we'll go back to India and the loom. And great point that it was put on the flag, the, the spinning wheel. That, that's in, talk about independence. That's revolution. That's more than independence. Yeah. I mean, that, yep. Uh, I think people in India now. So exactly. No, and I and I think that um, you know it's it's you're 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 right. I mean, we're always going to be living, you know, within some some sort of system, and we do want to try to change those things, make them as just as possible. We're not. I'm not saying you know pull out and neither are you pull out and just you know ignore it and this that. I mean, if you if you want to do that, do that. A lot of people do that. They they live off grid. And they're, you know, they're out in the, in the, in the wilderness somewhere or, you know, on a farm or something, and you can create your own community. A lot of people do that. And that's a fantastic way to live. But you can also, um, you know, you can participate. But like you said, render unto Caesar's what, what is Caesar and uh, what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's, you know. And so it's like you can, you can be in this world, but not of it. You know, you're not so caught up and so beholden to it that it's got you by the soul. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and still also, you know, fight those righteous battles for things you want to change. There are so many things that need changing. I, I completely agree with that. But at the same time, you know, get what, you know, get your own house in order, 
get your own house in order and make sure you're living the best way you can get your own psychology in order get your own spiritual house in order get your own physical house in order um you know and make sure that you've got that solid basis and that's what a spiritual warrior does and he or she takes care of those things that need to be done clearly and efficiently and with a spiritual focus and a spiritual eye so that's something to think about yes and um well i mean we kind of mentioned earlier about uh, luke skywalker uh, he's sort of a a good example because he was a, a warrior in training. We got to kind of see him go through initiation and what he needed to do become you know, a real pilot, um, a real warrior, a real rebel, I guess was their cause um, in, uh, in the original Star Wars movies. And he, one of the things he most needed to learn was to use the force. Uh, but he very quickly realized that the force is good, the force is evil, that it's, it has a light and a dark side, and it can, that was really basically the Empire and the Rebels, you know, as the light and the dark sides uh, of the force. So as a warrior, you're, you're, you are dealing with fire. Um, it is a, uh, just like we need fire in our everyday lives. Uh, fire propels our cars <laughs> in the engine, heats our homes, uh, cooks our food, all these things we need to do to live, uh, makes our products, you know, every factory, you know, uses some kind of heating and fire, uh, but, but it doesn't burn the house down either. Yeah. You know, we've learned to use them in very smart ways. We're not, it's not an open pit fire that we have to use all the time. And, uh, you know, we have thermostats and gas stoves and things like that, that uh, hopefully, you know, control this, this explosive, uh, really volatile force and using uses it for good for transportation again for cooking and things like that so uh, you are playing with fire this you know you spiritual warrior as a wasn't a spiritual um, I don't know guru or spiritual uh, feel-good person uh, this is somebody who takes action this is somebody who gets things done yeah uh, but it's done in a certain way and yes you will be dealing with the darkness, especially if you're going up uh, against an oppressive regime, uh, you don't want to use the same tools and tactics that they're using to oppress you or, um, you know, unfairly treat you in some way. Uh, you need to use more tools, but you also have to know the landscape. You have to know what the enemy is up to and, and how they operate. Then they can't get you as much. If you're surprised or shocked or, wow, how'd that happen? Uh, no, you, you need to be aware, so you have to dance with it. Um, but it's a balance, warrior has a discipline, and that's the difference. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's certainly a balance. And, you know, the warrior archetype, that energy that's within us, uh, is very, it's a very powerful energy. It's a very strong driver towards, you know, civilization, and it's been a very strong force throughout history. And you look at the rise of, of different civilizations, you know, in history, the Mesopotamians and Sumerians and the Egyptians and, you know, some of these cultures that have left a very powerful and, um, you know, influential sort of cultural legacy, you know, in the West. Um, you know, even, even um, you know, the legacy of the Jewish warriors and so on and the Hebrew culture that was left through Judaism and those, those ideas, um, you know, that ended up and eventually become Christianity. 
uh, that get incorporated into Christianity as time goes on, and some of the, you know, the the warrior codes of uh, the Middle Ages, uh, the the ideals of the knights, and so on. That's that sort of, um, you know, that's the constructive use of that that energy. Now, the destructive use of that energy is probably the one that more people are familiar with these days. And you know, we're not going to go too deeply in it, but we just need to contrast what we're talking about, the positive side of it, the spiritual warrior side of it, the integrated warrior side of it, with the non-integrated one. And that is this, it, you know, the, the warrior energy that's gone, you know, gone off the rails and it's tyrannical, it's oppressive, it's abusive, it's destructive. It doesn't care about anything but its own egotistical conquests. Uh, it's abusive towards the, the feminine energy and women in general. It's, you know, what most people label the patriarchy. You know, those values are, are, are really this poisoned warrior, these poisoned masculine energies. It's not the constructive masculine energies that, that, are, the, that are the issue, that are the problem. You know, and, and that's where we have to be a, a spiritual warrior and be able to discern between those two. That's why I talked about, you know, earlier throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like you can't throw out the warrior energy. It's something that's within everyone, not just men. It's within women as well. It's probably stronger and more dominant in men most of the time, but it's not something you're going to get rid of. You're not going to write it off. It's archetypal. And if, if you understand anything about psychology, understand that archetypal energy is instinctual energy. It, it comes from an invisible source. It's extremely powerful. And it's not something you're going to get rid of. What you've got to do is channel it properly. You know, because what happens is when it goes poisoned, it turns into things like gangs and, you know, bullies and these destructive ideas. When it's channeled properly, you know, it's constructive athletics it's building civilization it's you know arguing a case you know in front of a judge it's you know that's a sort of spiritual warrior or warrior energy it's you know starting a new business it's fighting a righteous battle against a a corporation that's in that's polluting the environment that's that same kind of warrior energy but it's it's the warrior energy in its constructive form that's what we're talking about here the fullness of the warrior energy the spiritual warrior energy Right, and to become uh, a spiritual warrior instead of the reactive, destructive one, um, you're really required to have discipline. Uh, that's personal discipline. And you also have to have a direction. And we talked about having this higher power of being a guide, um, but there has to be some principle or philosophy or underlying cause that's clearly stated that helps drive and influence how that energy is directed. Um, I know this kind of circular thinking saying you need direction to find out how to direct it, um, but the discipline is in keeping the tempest <laughs> contained and then with the proper direction. Otherwise, it'll just be spread out. You'll just try to destroy the whatever's destroying me. Well, I'll just burn the house down i'll tear down the streets i'll light the whole you know this corporation on fire and symbolically those things can be powerful but they don't really get the job done um, yeah. you have to construct something so it's you need both discipline and you need this discernment this direction this okay where is it going how is it 
to go there. Like Gandhi directed, you know, the, the oppressed and powerless feeling of the people and empowered them with something they all had in their house anyway. Yeah. And a spinning wheel. And they were able to, so there was a direction. It wasn't just this energy of I'm oppressed or I'm angry or I want to fight back or I just want to roll over and die because I can't do anything about it. Uh, it was channeled into here. This is something you can do. And I think those are, uh, those are missing right now. I think there's a lot of energy and a lot of passion and there's some ideas, but to really have uh, an underlying philosophy and plan yeah. on how yeah. to direct that. And then, you know, of course you can't do that unless you have that personal integrity and personal discipline, self-discipline, uh, beholding to that warrior code. Um, that you were describing with the uh, the assassin and the samurai, um, and uh, and really sticking with the program. Exactly. I mean, some of the training maybe that you can do to try to strengthen, um, to try to strengthen your sort of warrior, spiritual warrior uh, self inside of that part of yourself. You know, a great a great place to start if you're able physically to do this uh, is is martial arts, and you know you can pick. Uh, from amongst obviously hundreds of if not thousands of different kinds of martial arts uh, I would recommend um, you know some of the more internally focused arts to start with uh, because they're a little more on the side of uh, the philosophical and spiritual side I guess you'd want to call them um, you know some, something like Tai Chi or Qigong uh, or Aikido uh, certain forms of uh, traditional Japanese karate, uh, kung fu, you know, the, uh, the traditional Chinese kung fu. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff. There's, there's, there's a lot of arts. The ones that sort of emphasize a, a more philosophical concept, those are ones, good ones to start with so that um, you can understand the, the strategy, the philosophy, the sort of Taoist ideals that are behind it, some of the Buddhist principles that are in some of these martial arts, you know, starting with these more traditional or classical arts is a good way to, is a good way to go. And then, you know, if you want to go on and, and, and have more sort of external quote unquote hard arts type things like MMA or, or boxing or some of the, you know, Sansu, some of these sort of harder forms of Kung Fu and things like that, uh, more sort of more traditional fighting arts you know I, I i it's good to have that basis in that that spiritual side first and then go on to those so you've sort of tempered your mentality um because some of these some of these arts now have, have have gotten to the point where they're a little bit overly aggressive and things like that i'm not pointing any out specifically but um some of them well, even just of, yoga has become more of a you know gymnastic yeah yeah never a contemplative yeah. Well, and yeah, and so good, really good yoga as well. If you're practicing really good traditional classical yoga and then reading about yoga philosophy, and hopefully the teacher is teaching you some of the principles behind the asanas and things like that, behind the poses, um, you know, so you don't lose the, the, the spirit behind it, the teachings behind it. Of course, studying uh, some of the works of, uh, you know, some of the great uh, great teachers on Marshall's uh, Musashi, the Book of Five Rings. Of course, you can read uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War uh, for strategy and things like that. But reading books like uh, the Tao Te Ching, 
Marcus Aurelius and his meditations. It's an excellent source for sort of this warrior spirit, that stoic philosophy, sort of neo-stoic philosophy. Um, trying to think of, you know, and watching, watching movies is a really good thing. You know, these sort of classic movies that have these, these heroes that, that overcome these, these challenges and grow and have a righteous cause. I mean, the Lion King pops to mind, uh, the, you know, Star Wars, the original Star Wars with, with Luke uh, and Leia and Han. Uh, actually, the first two are excellent. Um, by first two, I mean the ones from the 70s and early 80s. Um, you know, there's a, there's a million things. Of course, the story of Gilgamesh, the Babylonian story. You know, these are these are sources. You know, so it's good to get in touch with some of these ideas. I mean, like Wonder Woman. You know, for a sort of feminine myth, is a fantastic uh, warrior. You know, these these ideas, uh, Athena. Um, you know, these are these are these are examples. These are all examples. So you know, once you start looking into it and kind of studying some of these traditions, um, you know, you'll you, it'll open up more, and you'll want to go down this this rabbit hole to really under, understand this energy because it's extremely powerful energy, and it needs to be harnessed. Otherwise, it goes it goes bad. It goes off. It runs off the rails. One way or the other, it's either going to turn in on you and make you complacent and frustrated and depressed, or it's going to come out and make you, you know, turn into a bully and, you know, and you know, a really angry sort of self-righteous person. And none, neither of those things are going to solve these complicated issues that we're trying to be spiritual warriors to deal with, right? You need that balance. Well, you really do, and you know, the balance, like everything else, starts from within. It takes, it takes an emotional fortitude. There's a lot of courage um, in a warrior. And it's not just, oh, I might die in battle at the hands of my enemy out there and kind of courage. That's bravery. Courage, to make a distinction, is your personal courage. Do you have that personal fortitude uh, to see an injustice? And while you might be tempted to do an unjust thing to uh, the perpetrator, uh, can you see beyond that and do what's righteous, do what's you know, the best thing for everybody to not let that creep in? And then you just become another version of that, maybe on a different side of the issue. And, and that can be hard. Um, but one of the ways you can actually approach that <clears throat> is, okay, if I'm not going to fight back the way I've been mistreated, I'm not going to resort to the same level uh, of, of interaction and conflict. Well, then what level can I? You know, what's instead of going against the negative, what can you do positively toward something? Okay, you want to tear down, you know, the bank that ripped you off or burn the police station or something because there's this oppressive, uh, you know, authoritarian energy going. That may be the impulse, but what can you build? What can you share? How can you grow? How can you lead uh, out of that? Um, and that's where, you know, like I said, it takes you know, incredible courage um, because you have to face your own issues. You know, we talked about that earlier, mm -hmm. uh, but as you get deeper and deeper into this spiritual warriorhood, uh, you're going to run up against your own things uh, even more intensely. Um, so 
The temptation is to react, um, but the real response is to act in a constructive way. Channel things, how can I build a better community instead of tearing down this one I don't like? Uh, now there has to be in a, any kind of transformation. Yes, you're gonna move from one to another. Sometimes that can be transformed uh, you know, easily or mm, quietly. Um, and sometimes, yes, you have to do some tearing down, but you don't tear down before having a plan to rebuild and to further grow the cause uh, for which you were uh, standing behind. Exactly, because I mean, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a righteous thing to want to stand up against injustice and tear it down and dismantle it. And, you know, especially when you're really angry and you see and you've got, you know, you do have that righteousness on your side and you see injustices taking place and, and, you know, you witness these things and they make you sick and angry and frustrated and, you know, and, and rightly so. But like you said, it takes a great amount of courage to, to not just rip everything down, um, you know, without a sort of moving ahead plan. Because the, the ch challenge sometimes that, that people don't realize, you know, uh, is, is society and culture take a long, long time to build. And it's been on a long arc of change and growth and you know, ups and downs and destructions and rebuildings and so on for, you know, thousands of years. And, you know, we're still struggling to get it right. And, you know, a lot of things need to be changed. The challenge is, though, when you dismantle something is you create a, a vacuum, you create a, a lack of structure. And generally what rushes in to fill a power vacuum is the worst, loudest, most violent, angry, person or mob that is possible and that's the real danger of, of of dismantling things without proper transitional structures in place and proper thinking and planning and you know real deep philosophical social economic you know thinking spiritual thinking that is going to actually make the big changes that need to be made um, with all with all parties concerned, you know, because if you rip something down and then you 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 don't have something to replace it with, it's you oftentimes are not going to like the results of what what just naturally comes in to fill the power vacuum. It's it's not a it's not a pretty sight, and you you can see it, you know, in revolutions in in other countries. It's taking place many times elsewhere. It, you know, we've been pretty lucky in this country not to have seen much of that kind of of of, of challenging situation. Um, but you know, we've got to be very careful. You know, the structure and the, the the sort of democratic process, and you know, the things that we kind of take for granted, the protections and the stability that we do have, is very uh, it's it's fragile you know and it requires everybody to keep it keep it working so you know it's just it's something to think about it's something to think about and it's not that you don't want to fight injustice it's not that you don't want to change things and it's not that you don't want to sometimes tear things down uh, sometimes all of that is necessary but you want to do it righteously and you want to do it with compassion in your heart like a spiritual warrior would do it not like an angry berserker or an out of control tyrant would do Right. Right. And, 
you know, as a fan of history, um, there's a great example uh, in the 20th century. Uh, immediately following World War II, there was great destruction on every party involved, although the United States continent, uh, the continental United States, did not feel uh, you know, the direct impact as far as uh, you know, the bombs and the, the fighting. Uh, but Europe and Japan in particular um, were very much devastated uh, by this. And a lot of it was from the Allied forces trying to defeat uh, the Axis powers, which, uh, which happened uh, through the help of the Russians as well, uh, who suffered immensely, and that's their own story. Uh, but the Marshall Plan was instituted to do just what you were talking about, to fill this gap. After the destruction, after the bombs have stopped and the peace accords are signed, now what? And there was a very robust uh, rebuilding of economy, of manufacturing, of you know, society infrastructure uh, put into place. And uh, I think it was MacArthur that uh, did a lot in Japan um, to help you know, keep the peace <laughs> among the people um, after this, this you know, horrific experience of, of World War II. Uh, but that was that was done deliberately, and it was done, I think, for the right reasons, not only to maybe make amends for the the war and the destruction and just help rebuild the people, but it was better for everybody uh, that these tyrants, these despots, uh, wouldn't just come into the vacuum. That there was a real thing, a real plan uh, of getting these countries uh, who were so devastated, and especially the people, uh, back on their feet again in an organized and progressive way uh, that didn't leave room uh, for what could very easily come in, like you were saying, to a, uh, a at the end of a chaotic situation that uh, a tyrannical ruler could have come in, warlords and things like that could have really taken over. That's a great point. And that's, you know, that's the real, you know, that's the real danger. And like we said, you know, we, we, we take it for granted, I think, in the United States, because we've, you know, it's been so stable here through most of our lives. I mean, um, and even through World War II and through, you know, major upheavals, World War I and so on, well before, you know, most of, most of us who are listening obviously can remember back to, but, but, you know, Vietnam and all these conflicts and even in Iraq and in the Middle East and all these things we're involved with, they, they, they don't seem to, to touch us that directly at times. And so I think we have this kind of, yeah, I want to call it a, a little bit of a false sense of stability. And so we think that, you know, we're kind of untouchable. And so, you know, I think we, we feel sometimes like, well, we can just take it for granted that we've got protections and we've got a democracy and we've got some semblance of order and things like that. And, and again, granted, it is not perfect. It's got major flaws and problems and all kinds of issues and, you know, corporate malfeasance and destructive behaviors and institutionalized racism and all of this stuff. This is, I'm not dismissing any of that, but at the same time, um, you know, it's, it's a system that is, is pretty flexible and was built with good foundations and can change. So keep that in mind, you know, keep that in mind. It does need changes. Um, but it also has the ability built into it. That's the, the, the power of the democracy and the power of the structure of the system that we've inherited, uh, that, it, that it, it, it does have checks and balances. 
And granted, again, some of those things are being taken away and there's, there's definitely, um, you know, political, uh, political issues and, you know, things happening and corporate payoffs and all these different things. But, you know, that's not the fault of the system. It's the fault of, you know, people that are taking advantage of a system, you know, that are not living like spiritual warriors, that are living like tyrants and are trying to take advantage of people and use that system to their advantage while they disadvantage other people. But the system itself, you know, is built so that changes can be made in a productive direction, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of it. So, you know, we all need to get more involved in in trying to help make those changes, but we all need, also need to get our own houses in order and make sure that we're seeing things clearly so that we can, we can make the changes that need to be made constructively um, and in the, in the right, right direction, in the right way for, 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 for everyone. So that's something to think about. I, um, I think we might be coming towards the end of this thing. Let me let you have your final parting word on the spiritual warrior and, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Well, to be clear, we are all spiritual warriors to some degree. Uh, I think too many of us um, maybe deny our warriorhood or the great power uh, that lies within each of us. Uh, not all of us are ready or up to the task to take on certain things, but I think everybody has a task, has a responsibility to fulfill that task, and has within each of us, you know, that power to carry it out. And to reiterate about the higher power, we have to contact that higher power within ourselves, conjure up the warrior, the spiritual warrior from within. And you may not take down the big corporations or the big government directly, um, but indirectly, and sometimes that's the even more powerful, more effective method, uh, they talk about asymmetrical asymmetrical warfare, that it's not tit for tat. It's somebody doing something completely different uh, in a different way to get their aims and their goals met. And I, I think these times have presented us with great challenges, uh, reminder and to remind ourselves that we have been through great challenges before and we can make it through this one uh, and not just survive, but to thrive through it. But it takes that personal dedication and discipline. And we have to direct our energies towards constructive, creative ends. And if we all do that in our own way, whatever we're called to do, then, then you can't lose. Wow. Great, great summation. I'm not even going to add much to that. Because uh, that was that was the show, the show and more in a nutshell. Great, great, uh, great way to wind that up. Thank you. Um, one little thing I will add, though, is uh, you know again one way to get in touch with this energy within ourselves, this spiritual warrior energy, is to do active imagination, that classical Jungian uh, work, that inner work that we've talked about many times, where actually you know, personify and try to visualize this part of yourself that's this, this strong warrior within you. Uh, get in touch with it and dialogue with it. Either, um, you know, write it out on paper or, you know, speak to it if you're comfortable, you know, imagine it in a chair across from you or draw, you know, draw pictures or paintings up, make paintings of it. 
uh, try to establish contact with your part, this part of yourself and really make it a visceral living sort of entity that's within yourself that you can, that you can speak to when you need to. And it will give you that energy that you need. It'll give you that power and that passion that you need to persevere through the challenges and stay connected to that higher part of you, that self, that higher self within you, which will guide you and pray, study things, you know, look at the, look at the, you know, the spiritual warriors of the past, Jesus, Gandhi, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., um, uh, Buddha, um, Krishna, you know, these are all examples of spiritual warriors and then some. I mean, obviously Greek mythology is filled with spiritual warriors, Roman mythology, African mythology, Native American mythology. You know, that it's that our history is there. Our, our traditions are filled with this, with this spirit. And, you know, we've kind of lost contact with that spiritual warrior. So try to get in touch with it within yourself. Um, and, you know, we, we need all the spiritual warriors we can to fight these righteous battles right now. Uh, both within ourselves and without in the world to make it a better place. So we encourage you and we're praying for you all uh, to keep moving forward, stay positive. We're going to get through all this stuff um, and rebuild in a better way. I'm confident in that. So I'm speaking yeah. a word of positivity and growth and justice and peace and spiritual warrior energy for everyone who's listening. So thank you guys. Um, thank you, Chris. Great stuff thank today. You. Uh, we will be here again next week on Sunday. And of course, you can check out our show on Friday, the Emmett Fox uh, Friday show that we do. Uh, support us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. If you can make a donation there, we'd really appreciate that. And of course, share us with your friends. Uh, Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky. My book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And you can get Chris's book at chrissheridan.com or on Amazon and mine's uh, on Amazon as well. Check us out at cosmiceye.org if you want to get in touch with us. You can get the email through there. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.